podcast. You are listening to the Block A Pimple Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Freebus, a.k.a. Shut Your Trap. Joining me as always, halfway across the world, Jared Morgan. Well, hi there, everybody. How y'all going? My God, we actually got this thing to work. It's working. It's actually working. And we will go into the reasons why, won't we? Because it turns out that if you're doing um, stuff with OBS, you both need to be using the same version of Skype, which happens to be the creator version of Skype. Yeah, I discovered that that the creator version works so much better than the Windows Store version. Yeah, well, yes, and it was only a, just a. It was thanks to Chris actually because we were talking about it, working through it. He goes, "Oh yeah, I'm using the creator version." And I went, oh, "I'll just use the version from the Windows 10 Store," you know, and and it was like, "Oh," and we both went, "Oh." Yeah, yeah. And, after after bashing our heads against the wall for you know days on end, going, "Why doesn't this work?" It worked the other week when we tested it, and Jared, you know, ripping apart his his router and... <laughs> yeah, I literally restarted everything. It was just like, a oh, I'm restarting the internet. It got to that point. You know, when you restart the internet, you know that things are getting serious. <laughs> yeah, so, so eventually I was just like, here's a thought, Jared. Why don't you try deleting whatever version of Skype came preloaded, Google search the, wind, the Skype for creators and use that, and ta-da! And it works, and it works really well. As you can see, I've got the blurred background if you're watching the video, and um, it's like a, yeah, I'm getting my little preview window in the top here. Everything's working real nice, and I can. The thing that was preventing me doing it before is at the moment I'm monitoring the live chat. So, if there's anyone watching live, it's me talking back to you in the live chat. Um, so, um, you know, if I was switching between windows, the the whole session would lock up, and it was just a pile of rubbish. So. Yeah, I'm I'm very glad that we got to the bottom of it because it means that n- number one, I can say, okay, Skype's not as bad as I really thought because surely, like, it had been a number of years since I used Skype and I was going, surely they should have fixed a lot of the stuff that originally was causing all the problems with it. And if they have, you just don't use the Windows 10 version because it's rubbish. And, and so basically, now we just need to communicate with like Mel whenever he uh, next time we have him on. <laughs> Mel, so you create a version or nothing. Creator version, <laughs> otherwise it's not going to work. It's actually better. Like the the thing that's different, and if you you'll you'll probably never notice this as a user of Skype unless you notice it because you have to, is that the the Windows 10 version has the sort of Metro style menus that are common in all of the Windows apps. But the Skype creators version has the old style sort of gray with thin text menus that you, you see in a lot of the apps. So there's something has gone awry when they've actually gone and converted this into a Windows 10 proper app. Yeah, or it, it's running it, it, behind. It's called Microsoft piling all their <laughs> gack on top Junk of in it. Exactly. And for the record, it wasn't actually bundled with the computer because my computer didn't come bundled with anything. It wasn't a Surface Book or anything, so you don't get a lot of the Microsoft-included apps. I had to install this deliberately from the store initially when I got it. Oh, because so, when I installed Windows 10, it was one of the apps that was pre-installed. And you know, when I started with it, mine was a, a custom-built computer. So it was the second mm. that I installed Windows 10 that just happened to be one of the apps that was in there. It's kind of like how you got the, what was that, Microsoft Edge, which I pretty much deleted as soon as I got Chrome yeah. installed. as everybody does. It's like, oh, okay, that's nice. So Microsoft Edge is just a bootloader for Chrome. 
That's all it is. <laughs> you, you use it that one time to get Chrome, and then yep. that's the last and it time. Really, it, the funny thing about that, you know, we're going off topic here, but you should be used to that by now, folks. But um, <laughs> the, the thing about, you know, um, Edge is that they really, they really try and get you to keep with and go, you know what? It's so much faster on Windows 10. You know, it's power efficient. You'll get so much more battery life out of it. And I, I thought, you know what? I'll take the challenge. I'll actually use Microsoft Edge for as long as I possibly can until I hit something that stops me from actually using Edge. Have a guess how long it took until I hit something that stopped me from doing stuff that I needed to do. Oh, I'm going to guess within 10 minutes. No, it was longer than that. It was nearly six hours. Wow. Nearly six hours. It got to the point where I was trying to use Edge at work and I had this uh, little pop-up modal thing that I needed to copy text from and it would just select the entire modal's text, not just the text I wanted to copy, but the entire modal's text I needed to copy and paste. And I went, that's it. I found it. That's the thing that's going to stop me from using this this browser. It's dead. But the thing is now, you've got to realize too that Microsoft have given up basically and they're using a Chromium build now to do Windows uh, Edge browser. So they've actually switched to Chromium um, as the, um, the back end for their browser. So... You're kind of going to be using Chrome anyhow. It's, it's kind of funny. A, a good friend of mine, we're, we're on different uh, political spectrums, but we're really good friends. And so mm. he likes to call up and have these these conversations sometimes that I just kind of go, oh, God, we have to have one of these again. And so, <laughs> so the, he, he, was, he was going off on a rant about uh, how, or not a rant, but I guess Google had gotten in trouble because they were filtering Google searches um, from right-wing party platforms not in the same manner that they uh, filter left-wing. And it was like, it was basically making it tougher to do searches for conservative uh, topics than if you were looking for liberal topics. And, right. and the, you know, there's these behind-the-scenes emails and you know things of, of that nature that uh, were were coming out, and ooh, doesn't the Google look bad? And I just went, well, so use Bing. Duck, duck, go. I'm like, I'm like, no. if you really don't like Google, just go use Bing. You got a choice. Come on, use it. And it was yeah. like, but but no. Oh, I don't know about that. That's taking you a bit too far. <laughs> you, you, you can't. No, no, no. That's just that's just that's just mean. No, no, no that's not right either. So I just. I had to kind of laugh um, at, at, at that nature of things. So anyway, yay, we're up and running. Go figure. And, right. and uh, So uh, let's put it to good use because we got some stuff to talk about this we week because we've stuff. not done it for a couple of weeks and we got a, we got a backlog of items. Yes, and, and folks, I'll uh, preface this also. I, I, if I have a coughing fit, I've had the flu all week, uh, which I haven't had this kind of illness since I was a little kid where you're just running a fever for days on end and no reason why. Um, but I'm mm. mostly better. <laughs> I'm, well, that's I, good. Yeah, I'm choosing to pretend like I'm 100%, um, and hopefully the cough doesn't interrupt. But if it does, I unfortunately have not figured out how to do the mute button yet on OBS. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. That's all right. We'll deal with it. Yeah. Oh, and you'll also notice, you know, yeah, so Jared's got the cool uh, uh, blurred out background and I don't because OBS doesn't do that. You have to do a third-party app. 
Oh, right. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So, hey, you know. You get this, that's right. You've got cool stuff in your background. you got, like, you know, the, the pin cab and you've got a shelf with bits and pieces on it. Yeah, you I've know, got I've got nothing. a little, uh, little Ms. Pac-Man cabinet up there and, uh, and uh, you know, right Some there. Yeah, Bob, Bob and Doug McKenzie from the Great White North. Mm. Um yeah, so. I'm going to fix it. I've got some posters that are coming up for the Brisbane Pinball um, Festival at the exhibition, and I'm going to get those laminated and put them in shot where the where the uh, boxes and stuff are that are blurred out at the moment. So there you you'll go. get some pinball related decorations in the feed in the coming weeks. All right. Well, why don't we jump right into things and let's talk about <laughs> my favorite topic as of late, the uh, Williams Pinball app. Um, there's been yeah. some tweaks and changes. And lo and behold, they're for the better. They're actually improvements. They, they're actual improvement. Yeah, folks, Zen listens and actually does things. And it's and it, I know it's weird. You, you might have these rose-colored glasses on about all the wonderful things that uh, Farside did with the Pinball Arcade and how quick they were to fix things. Um, let's start with it. So I posted a tweet that it was like, hey, you created this timed event with the Volume 4 release that was really fantastic because it let you collect up to uh, Level 2, enough parts to upgrade to Level 2 for all three of the new tables and within a week. I mean, that was fantastic. But then it's like, wait, are we going to just have that little stopwatch symbol sit there until the next volume? No, don't do that, for God's sakes. No, there's so much cool that you can do with it. And one of the suggestions that I had was, if there's a special event that runs a few days, make it so that you earn a buttload of parts or tickets or coins or something. Something, yeah. Yeah, you know, something that makes it so that you want to, along with everybody else, jump in and play on the app right then and there. And so, what do you know? They did it for... You're in the States, July 4th. You know, that's the day we blow up lots of... Yes, we blow up lots of things in the air. Um, and so aliens. They, yeah. <laughs> aliens, yes. Uh, well, in that movie, they blew us up, but there you go. Um, so they put Attack from Mars for basically four days of play. Uh, actually, excuse me, I think it was six days of play. But two challenges each day... And you were earning a just, I think I earned 16 coins in one day. And I don't know how many tickets over the course of, it was four days. Over the course of four days, I basically hauled in 60 coins. Which, wow. yeah, I mean, that's not too shabby. <laughs> Considering it normally, you would earn a max of three coins per day for playing all four challenges. In one that's, cycle. That's a good haul in that's that case. A, yeah. Um, and I have some other suggestions that of you know fun things that they could do you know with whether they did the pin golf I think we mentioned it last time some other ideas but anyway yeah, Zen, yeah, clearly, Zen clearly listened uh, or was thinking on the same page <laughs> I'm going to pre- sort of like vocalized what they were thinking yes I'm I'm going to pretend that it was all us though and <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't I right um, the other thing that they instituted uh, and I think this actually happened a while but I was finally able to confirm it for myself since I was now back to collecting parts. There is a hard cap on parts once again. So Mm. once you reach the 170 uh, parts needed for any given table, you will stop earning those parts. 
and only earn for whatever is remaining. Now, I can't confirm if this was a change or not, but I found with my own experience, all my tables were... Like, if one table started getting a lot of parts, within the next day or two, the other two tables would kind of catch up. So there's kind of a, mm-hmm. a slingshot effect happening. So that was kind of nice, too, in terms of you know a, a balanced approach to, to getting your tables all leveled. Yeah. And once you have those tables leveled, regardless of if you do the upgrade or not, you start earning coins instead of parts. Nice. Right. So again, that helps. Basically, I kind of did the math, and I know this sounds insane to, to some people, but if you played the three uh, challenges, ignore the premium that you have to pay 200 coins for, if you just played the basic advanced and pro challenge once per day, so that's nine times of playing in the course of a day, and defeating all of those challenges. If you do that for four months, even if you were a noob, starting out brand new, after four months of doing that, seven days a week, that's that's the part that people got to go, oh, God. Um, it's, yes, it's a, it's a full-time job <laughs> yes. with no breaks. Um, but seriously, you're basically going to be playing for about an hour a day doing that. You yeah. will upgrade all your tables fully. For right. without ever spending a single a cent, yeah. Um, now, if you got a little more aggressive and did, then uh, paid the five tickets to, or excuse me, the twenty and thirty tickets to recycle the pro, uh, the basic and advanced challenge, and recycled them twice. You know, played it, recycled it again, played it. So basically, playing those three times a day. Mm-hmm. By within thirty to forty days, you'll have everything. Okay, okay, that's for that's free. Pretty good. That's fast. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and the the problem is, is people get this feeling that they're not moving anywhere, and that's because the curve yeah. is really flat for a while. But once you hit, start collecting things, you can, it just skyrockets. And you know, that's really true because. I, as an aside, that that I could corroborate that for sure because I'm playing a completely different game at the moment where I had exactly that same feeling. And now this is a game that I've played before heaps of mobile and it's Skyforce, right? But I got it on Steam because it was a Steam summer sale, right? And it was cheap. Like I got both games for eight bucks. Like, and I went, oh, well, shut up and take my money. This is awesome. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you start off with the, with the very underpowered ship. It's basically like this little pew, pew, pew things shooting out the front of it. You basically can't shoot anything. It's, it's, it's like the, the old days of uh, Space Invaders where you could only fire a shot, one shot, until it hit the target and then you could fire another shot. No, it, oh. it will give you a continuous stream of shots, but okay. it's like it's like a pea shooter, really, when you first start, particularly if you've come from like the mobile game where you've maxed out everything and then you go back to like just nothing. Oh yeah, that's so, painful. You know, and and you know, of course mobile Steam, there's no way you're gonna like synchronize those changes no. over. <laughs> so you, you gotta start from scratch. But there's actually something fun about that. Um Anyhow, you start off with the, the pea shooter, and of course, it still has a stars mechanic where you use the stars to actually upgrade your ship over time, and it rains stars in this game. It's very generous. So, you know, you start off with a pea shooter, and then you slowly upgrade your main weapon, then you show, slowly get access to, like, the other weapons, like the wing weapons and the missiles and stuff like that. You start to get, you know, a little bit more, a little bit more, and then when you get up to the, like, um, the insane levels where you're getting, like, a three-time star multiplier, it's raining stars. 
and you start to just upgrade things really, really, really quickly. But it's that original, that, that initial ramp up where you go, wow, this is like, this is like chopping wood. And it's a bit like that in the app, isn't it? Like, it's totally yeah. like that. I mean, when you first, mm. when I first started collecting parts for, for Hurricane and Roadshow and Whitewater, um, look, that first one star upgrade, it only takes five parts. Boom, all of a sudden you're into, you know, getting ready to collect for your next one. It takes a little longer to get, you know, up to two stars. And then suddenly it's you're, you're faced with, oh man, now I need 50 parts in order to get to a three star. And they just seem to come so slow. And as you're, you're going, like I said, because the, the target just seems so far away. But once you start getting close to the target, then all of a sudden it seems like they're clicking up again. This is where my tracking the data daily and seeing that the numbers were consistent and being able to actually go, hey, by this date, I'll have it done. It you know, it gave me the light at the end of the tunnel, if you will. Yeah, and that's what you need when you're playing like a, a freemium title. You don't know if you're new to it where it's going to end, really. And in some cases, there are games that where it literally never ends, <laughs> and you've played those games as well. And we've covered yeah. those in in podcast pass. And you know, there's a certain type of person that doesn't mind about that, but there's some people who go, oh no, I'm giving up because I, I don't know, I don't know the end goal here. It's like an infinite sort of play. Like Candy Crush is a classic example of that. They just keep adding levels. There is no finish. Yeah, that's pretty much you why know? I stopped playing Candy yeah. Crush because it was like I can't catch up. No, I'm done. It was just stupid. And I knew somebody that actually was obsessed with it and caught up with it to where oh really were, yeah they actually caught up and were waiting on to the levels 8, to drop. levels mm-hmm. wow. and and i was like how often do you play and they were like oh it's just nonsense my life it's my life yeah yeah um okay other things <laughs> other other fixes that uh that zen has been working on with the app uh one of the problems that people were complaining about was if you accidentally pushed purchase 5,000 coins, or not 5,000 coins, but, you know... That's up, not an accidental push. <laughs> up, up, <laughs> upgrade the table, you know, with 250 coins, upgrade the table to two stars. If you accidentally pushed it, it immediately extracted the 250 coins if you had them. There was oh. no, are you sure you want to do this screen. Oh, that's not good. And so a couple of people have had that happen. They had to contact Zen, said, hey, I didn't really mean to push that, and now I'm penalized, and Zen was kind enough to refund them, but Zen also has now stated that they're working on uh, uh, adding <laughs> that one little so important, button. yeah, the, the human error button of the, are you really sure that you wanted to do that? Um, because it's mobile. Like, you, it's so easy to botch a, like, you know, get your fat finger out and, you know, whack a button you didn't mean to whack. Or, you know, pretend you were, like, wanting to scroll the list and then accidentally tap the button. I could do it all the time. Or, or you're thinking, yeah. oh, if I tap this, it'll tell me what it's going to give me. Because there's yeah. no hover yeah. to you know for it to you know, there's no hover the mouse over it kind of thing. It's essentially a menu, not a purchase. Sort right, of thing. right. So they're doing that, and then also one of the uh, similar things, like I said, uh, it was upgrade the table to two stars for 250 coins. Well, the problem was is even if you had already upgraded the table to two stars, that option was still there. And so people were like, well, is that upgrading me? Is that giving me the other two stars to now upgrade me to four? And so that was causing confusion. So Zen now is going to... Basically, they need to write the code in. And I think they already did this one. This one might have already been implicated. Um, 
where again it much like the parts caps it recognizes what you've already achieved and therefore eliminates menu options based off of off of that that's that's good so they're essentially reading what you've got and that that's how it should be too yeah. like the yeah. everything should be conditional basically yeah yeah very nice very nice that's anyway, excellent just wanted to highlight those uh fixes that are going on with the williams app and you know for those of you that that really really are angry that you can't purchase the tables outright well do me a favor and go ahead and just read my thread uh about data collection and how you too can get these tables for free and then you can spend just by playing it right and then you can send the ten dollars that you were planning on spending on zen uh to us via paypal and we'll just be appreciative of that yeah, that's right. They just redirect <laughs> your funds. Like, right. don't give it to Zen. Oh no, do give it to Zen because they're nice <laughs> people. But, but you know, if you if you're gonna just you know take our advice and yeah, throw us a throw us a Benjamin or two. <laughs> um, mm. Okay, let's um, move on to another topic that I saw. Uh, the, this whole episode is just questions. Um, <laughs> so, mm. there was a thread that was basically asking, "Hey, is." repurchasing the Zen Williams tables really worth it compared to if you already have them on in TPA. And my answer is a resounding yes, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's like, duh, but uh, no, but I mean, you may not, you may not think that based off of whatever platform you currently have. That's so, true. I mean, if you're a mobile player, you'll have a very different, opinion about what these tables are actually playing like compared to if you're a steam player precisely so mm. here's my advice if you're a steam player just download fx3 it's free the the platform is and guess mm. what within the williams app you get fishtails for free and you for can, free yeah and you can go ahead and try out the new physics the pro physics the pro <laughs> physics um they're labeled under there's single player and then there's classic single player you want to play classic single player select arcade mode and play that as soon as you're done playing that then go ahead and load up the tpa version and yeah. if the visuals if you can deign to <laughs> if the visuals alone don't convince you then the physics will for sure convince you that it's totally worth repurchasing um so that's that's if you're a Steam player. I believe. Uh, I mean, the same thing is for PlayStation Four and for Xbox One and for the Switch. Those are all Fishtails is free on all of them. Mm. So yeah, well, it's it is as Mel said, his dream because he loves Fishtails and he loves right. the fact that everyone gets it for free. Now I should yeah. say, on the Switch, well, uh, there is no repurchasing because you. Unless you were one of those people that bought it for the uh, six hours that it was up on the the store, uh, you never were able yeah, to get you, these. You, you can't experience the uh, <laughs> the pinball arcade version of it. No, yeah, no, and and then you also won't have to deal with the fact that for some reason, pinball arcade makes you flip the switch the exact opposite direction of every other app when you go into portrait mode. Reverse portrait, lovely. Yeah. Not. Um, so. <laughs> There's that. I saw um, that they are. Um, I saw they're actually doing a, a switch light. They've got a switch light out now um, that uh, has no removable controllers and no docking capabilities. It's essentially like a PSP, and it's got all the controls and everything built in. So, in other words, it's basically going to be replacing their 3DS. 
Oh, maybe or complementary to. I think they they I read an article on it which was really well well put in it's the fact that they can see that there's some hardcore, you know, Switch users that love the fact they can plug it into the TV and love the fact they can use the, like Nintendo Labo and stuff like that. But there's a lot of people out there that just want portability and don't want to have to carry a bag just to carry all the junk in it that they need to play. Right, they're, the they're with. using it purely as a mobile gaming. That's platform. right. Yeah, and you know, it still has. It, I think they've given it a slight processor bump and a couple of other minor um, fixes. Um, maybe uh, I think they might have actually slightly increased the battery, or perhaps by putting the better system on a chip in they've slightly improved the battery life because that was a big problem with the switch mm. you didn't get a lot of lot a lot of mobile gameplay out of it because really it lasted for about three about three hours i think maximum yeah that sounds you know, about right my, my son plays predominantly in the mobile manner and is constantly yeah, yeah. then throwing it back on the dock to charge it it's funny, you know, because it used the same it uses the same processor that I had in my my Shield tablet, which was an absolute beast. Um, my Android tablet, which is a Tegra K one, um, and it, it it had the same problem. It, it just gobbled the battery because it was it was a like a PC grade processor, yeah. and it needs it. Like the the Switch has got an amazing graphics pipeline on it, and it needs that that power to actually do it. But it's actually aging quite a bit now, like the the, the Tegra. Uh, chipset so i think like a refresh uh, like a big refresh <laughs> of the switch is probably well overdue um i think but yeah anyhow that's an aside i just thought that's really cool that they actually have a an, a lower price entry-level model because there's lots of good stuff on the switch there's surprisingly a large amount of shoot 'em ups and a lot of good pinball games coming in there now so yeah yeah tangents a specialty of our podcast um... we do it and we do it well <laughs> Yeah. So, um, those of you that are, uh, though, yeah, purely in the mobile, in the tablet world, if you're only playing games on Android or uh, iOS, the decision of is it worth it becomes a little trickier, except for, again, when you look at the graphics alone, and Fishtails is not quite as obvious as some of the other tables, but... Pinball Arcade did this weird thing, depending on what year it was and when they were doing, how much of the screen the pinball table itself would fill. A lot of times, it's, mm. there's a lot of real estate up at the top, um, there is. you know, to the sides. It, whereas Zen's does a really good job of filling up everything. Some it does. of the like, if you look at uh, Party Zone, I think the flippers look like they're practically like. Not 90 degrees straight down, but more like 70 degrees. They're really steeply, steeply down. And it, mm. it messes with your head in terms of how you want to shoot. I think that's also one, or there was a different one that I was kind of sampling between, where the the table almost had like a fisheye curve you know, going, oh, yeah. going for it. Um, but then I would look at other tables, and they were nicely filling out everything to the sides. But... There, like you look at Roadshow, there is one where it filled nicely to the sides, but they lowered the whole screen and then they put the DMD up there, and so there's actually less real estate for what you're seeing as opposed to what Zen has done. Yeah. Now that's gonna be that's gonna be tricky to compare if you don't have access to the tables to play because you're brand new to the game and you know trying to mess with it. But mm. in the long run. 
it, there's no comparison. Um, I'm planning on really doing, uh, yeah, I, I'm planning on doing a side by side comparison video, um, just to kind of show what the what the difference is. And this is playing with just the standard Zen physics. Mm. And at first, you might not think that the standard Zen physics are really uh, that much of that an good. improvement. Yeah, mm. but you can visually see the difference uh, yeah. in what happens with the ball. And one of the main things that drove me nuts as I was switching between the two is the ball is next to impossible to see in the pinball arcade version on mobile. Oh, yeah, it's got no shadow. It's got no definition. It's just this thing floating around the play field. Well, not only that, but their play fields are so bright and mm. the ball is so silver. It just, unless you're playing with the glow ball, good luck. It just yeah. plain disappears on you. You're like, whoa, where'd it go? And I was for a long time on all tables when the glow ball came in. I was definitely playing with that because it was it was weird because again the glow ball changed the illusion of the ball's size a bit as well, and which made it hard to play and hard to line up shots. But geez, you could at least track it. It was essentially well, like having ball trails. Well, on, and and that's in, the other thing. Depending on depending on what color the playfield is, uh, sometimes the ball looks like it's the proper size, and other times mm-hmm. the ball looks like it's way too small because the shadowing of the ball is blending into the play field. And so yes. all you're seeing is the highlights. The highlights are obviously smaller. A perfect example is if you play the victory table. And this even is the, the, a problem on the uh, Steam version of the game. Mm. If you play victory, you're going to sit there and go, what's wrong with the ball? Why does it look like I'm playing with a BB instead of a pinball? Um, it does have a very small feel to it. I, I remember playing that even on mobile, and it just it felt subtly strange yeah yeah but you know it's it's water under the bridge now really like a i I, we don't know anything about what's happening with uh with pinball arcade well and and there's there's the the what they're doing there's the final thing oh do you want to hold on to an app that pretty much is getting no support yeah it's it's not going to get any more support even though they stated that they would still be supporting the app um, clearly, but those of us who the... have been with the platform for a long time know that that's just a flat-out lie. Okay. Well, um, they'll support it if the app up and crashes, and then they'll go and fix the crash and yeah. make it function and, again. But and, improving and enough it, people no. complain—that's <laughs> the thing that yeah. they won't fix it if it crashes and no one complains. Right. So, yeah. Um, or do you want to go with the version of the app where, as I said. It's being constantly updated and fixed as we speak. Yep. It's in and active, it's has in a active very, very bright future. A yeah. very bright future across all platforms. Yeah. Particularly so. mobile, actually. I think probably mobile is going to be the killer um, for uh, Zen moving forward with its integration into its cabinets. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be like the, the hook, basically. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, mm. Anyway. That's, that's that was just my little uh, moment of let's address that. Yes, it's worth repurchasing. Um, especially, so, if you, mean, especially right now, they're on sale on the Switch, and uh, I can't remember what other console they're on sale for. Season or excuse me, volumes one, two, and three I think are fifty percent off right now, and volume four is twenty five percent off. So you compare that to the way. Pimble Arcade ran discounts and it was like, you know, there was no way you would ever get a discount off the latest season. 
No, within at least within even a year of it releasing, like they were really tight with it. But and then it would be twenty five percent off max. Yeah, like oh, I think yeah. the best sale that they were running was like thirty percent for a long time, and and then all of a sudden season one would be like, okay, we'll give season one pro <laughs> yeah. half off. Yeah, pro was basically half of it not working anyhow. So, you know. <laughs> Far out, and yeah. Hey, look, I'm I'm having a chat with um, friend of the show, Pinball Wiz, and um, he's asking, um, what about Volume Five? Not yeah, much. What about it happening there? Eh? Yeah. What about it? Not much happening, right? <laughs> you Not tell yet. us. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, honestly, I honestly don't expect Volume Five to drop until mid August. Mm. And and the reason why I'm saying this, mid August, I think all the time scales have gotten shifted. Uh, to line up with Zen releasing Star Wars on the Switch in September. So basically yeah, you true. would you would have uh volume five drop mid August, mid September, you'd get Star Wars on the Switch, which believe me, Zen is going to be pushing the ever living crap out of. They're Oh yeah. Jeez. They're rather proud of the fact that they're going to be the first Star Wars title on the Switch, period. Which is a Big deal. That is a yeah. big deal. Yeah. Um, so they're going to be putting a lot of promotion behind that. And then there's the rumored uh, idea of us getting a license table finally from Williams uh, in time for Halloween. Mm. Which then... Uh, so now we've really delayed Volume 6 beyond what it should have been. And so then I would say Volume 6 would drop sometime like late November, early December. Yeah, I, I think that seems about right. I think they were, you know, trying to get them out every two or so months. I think that's what Mel originally Mel had suggested. originally said every six to eight weeks, but I think yeah. they're more towards the eight-week mark. And then it's also, as Mel says, game development happens. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, um, you, you know, know it, like, it will like be variable. Volume 4 would have come out earlier, except for Deep got the bright idea to, you know, make the Philippa physics even better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, you, you hold a game back for that. Yeah, you know, I don't think anybody's going to hold it against them for that reason. I actually don't yeah. mind the, the extended time with the tables, and I'll tell you why. So, when we got Volume 4, and I played it in the beta... I was kind of just lackluster on it. Um, mm, I, don't, I felt the same. I don't like Hurricane, and I really mm. don't like Hurricane now, but I didn't like yeah. I never liked Hurricane to begin <laughs> with. Um, and Whitewater was always one of those tables where I know it's a good table, but I've just never put the time in to figure it out. Mm. And Roadshow, hey, it's a Lawler, and I love Lawler, but it's also just one of those tables that you there's so much on it you never get to see because you never get beyond the midwest or not even the midwest you don't you never it, it's like if you can get to past new orleans for a city you're doing pretty well yeah you know i mean my god how many times has anybody ever actually reached the west coast it's seen... i think i did it once and it was only because i was playing on zenphysics.classicsphysics right um and it was it was it was touch and go, <laughs> like I, I used to do it all the time on Pinball Arcade, right? Like it used to be, oh yeah, I'm I'm at California, 
you know, oh, how'd that happen? Oh, so I was just flipping around. Right. <laughs> but it's a battle to get to it on, on Zen. Like, it's yeah. a real challenge, as it should be, right? Right. So yeah. as I'm playing the daily challenges, though, I'm starting to see little nuances and doing little tricks, and and I'm actually now much more appreciative of Whitewater and Roadshow because of the fact that there isn't another table just looming a mere few weeks away like it always was the case in Pinball Arcade. In, that's right. I mean, with Pinball Arcade, there's a reason why uh, I know I played Gladiator a few times, but to me it was like, oh, it's just a godly, nah. It's another godly premiere. Yeah. Right. And, and then I can't even tell you what the name of the skiing one is because I literally never touched Wipeout. it. Wipeout. Yeah, Wipeout. Maybe. Mm. So, I mean, there you go. That's how disposable it was to me, where it was just like, yeah, I, ha- I, I, you know, I want the whole collection, but I'm not going to play this. I'll just wait for it's, I just want it. I want to I, I have them sitting on my shelf to look at. Exactly. But I don't really intend on touching any of the cut leaves. <laughs> no. No. Yeah. So this, is, this release schedule is actually forcing me to spend more time with the tables. And then with mm. the challenges, and again, this is why I love the challenges on mobile, is it keeps on cycling in the older tables, right? So mm. it's kind of have, it's kind of that random button, but it's yep. not making me random into a three-ball game that's going to last 45 minutes. Exactly. And that is the thing. It's well-balanced. Right. The most time I'm going to spend with a table is five minutes. Mm. Yeah. And that's fine. And like the, the thing that is the beautiful thing about those challenges on mobile. And you know, Steam has that option too. You got the five minute sure. challenges, etc. They they just give you that burst of pinball that you can just fit into your day, you know. And you can just go, Oh, I'm just gonna do that now. And and then hey, I've done my pinball. If that's all you can do in a day, you can find five minutes. That's less than a coffee break, you know? Yeah. 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 And that's uh, exactly what Zen want. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, so anyway, there's that. I've been, um, as an aside, and again, our trademark, um, tangents, as an aside, I've been looking, uh, I've been going through steam a little bit, looking into, um, good shoot 'em ups or shmups as they're known. And I found a couple that had come on sale for, um, from my wish list. And one of them is called star Mazer DSP. And it's, it's a game that's produced with, um, uh, there's a there's a indie game app that allows you to do what looks like retro games, and I think it's called Game Maker, um, and it sort of gives it that eight or sixteen bit aesthetic. So think of you know the sixteen bit shoot 'em ups that were like you know pretty much seminal on um, platforms like the um, Genesis and um, the Super Nintendo or Super Famicom. I'm trying, I'm trying to think you know, of one that, what I play R type. Yeah, R type that sort of yeah. thing. So this this game is a is a sort of like a in in that vein, but it's a what they call a roguelike shoot 'em up. So what that means is you've got um, when what you do is you you play through the first game uh, like it starts up just with like no power ups whatsoever. You just play through until you die, and you get what they call score S K O R E, and score is essentially like your dollars in the game. So after you finish your first round, you go through and you essentially break open. You get to choose from one of three what almost looks like trading card packs you rip open the trading card pack based on how much money you got or score you got in the game and then you can buy your own 
fleet of pilots that have different weapons, different characteristics, and um, different sort of chance of staying alive if they get hit. So there's like this hit meter that scrolls back and forth like a radar. And if you if you get hit and the meter, the little indicator lands in a square that's highlighted, you'll actually stay alive and you won't die. But if you get um, the meter landing in a bit that's not highlighted, you'll just explode. So it gives you like this chance of survival if you get hit by bullets. It's a really interesting mechanic. And the game itself is just full of enemies. And it's got that classic mechanic too uh, of shoot where you've got things to collect in the game, which I love, you know, stars. Give me the stars. <laughs> and this thing has got like these, um, they call them carbamite in the game. And it's essentially like these gems that power up your ship. But you can let them multiply and join together to like get massive scores in the game. So you, you basically sort of have to, the, the other mechanic is you have to not only shoot the enemies, but you have to sort of avoid these things that you're supposed to collect in the game so to let them join together to make really, really big score combos. And it's just there's something about that game mechanic that just really appeals to me. It's a great game. And um, it's in early access at the moment, so they're just updating it sort of pretty much every week or so. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I would recommend it if you like shoot 'em ups You know how when I talk about movies, you, that you sometimes just kind of go, I got to trust you on that because I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. was, me just, that was me just then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm like, uh-huh, shmups. Okay. I, again, last time I played one was like R-Type on the Genesis. That, that was years and years and years ago so okay no, jared we trust you <laughs> yeah do yourself a favor and get that one it's not that expensive on steam and it's worth every cent as far as i'm concerned uh, hey let's talk about uh another uh question that got posed on the digital pinball fans forum uh this is by the user high five uh his thread is titled Satis- satisfied with price of digital pinballs willing to pay more or less and, I, God, how often do we cover this topic, Jared? <laughs> I mean... Well, you know what, Chris? I'd like to say for, for the fact that I'd, I'd prefer to play not $7 a table, but I'd prefer to pay at least $45 a table, right? <laughs> I, I I'd swear love to pay more. We, have, we have covered something of this nature at least two or three other times in the podcast, but hey... Mm-hmm. It, it pops up now and then. People, you know, I think they get anxious at, well, when are we going to get one of the good license tables? It's got to be a money thing. And they start worrying about the finances of the game studio. And it's like, why are you worried about what? Worried about your own finances and paying for the, you know, the game when it comes out, not them making yeah. a profit. <laughs> so. Exactly. The, the. The point of this particular thread, though, came back to the ever-popular notion of, hey, I'm mostly happy with the pricing that Zen has been doing. It seems fair and everything. And I, and I agree. I think Zen has found a really perfect Good sweet, sweet spot, spot. With the pricing, yeah. And, and you got to understand, like, why Zen doesn't sell their tables individually anymore and they only sell them in packs is what allows them to sell them for the price they do. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, you know... Disney, when they go to the cable company, the cable company goes, we just want ESPN. And Disney goes, yeah, well, yeah, but we've got these nine other channels also. Mm. And they go, yeah, but our consumer, okay, fine, our consumer wants maybe the Disney channel and maybe National Geographic, but those other seven, we have no clue what those channels even are and we don't want them. 
Yeah, that's right. Well, guess who does want them? Disney stockholders, because they want to justify why the heck those other channels exist, right? Exactly so, right. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, it's like, yes, ESPN is costing, say, $10 uh, that gets, you know, in carrier rights that gets transferred to you, the customer. And a Disney Channel costs another $4. So now you're at, you know, 14 bucks. Here's the thing. Disney goes, but we'll let you have all nine channels for 12 bucks. Oh, right. And so, right. and so the, the, the cable company of course goes, well, yeah, sure. That's great. But you, the consumer go, but, but no, I don't even want ESPN. I just want Disney channel for four bucks. Give me to me for four bucks. Well, that's the whole point. It's basically they're, (laughs) they're taking the spikes and the lows and compressing it into a normalizing, normalizing everything. And it's safety in numbers, if you will. And that's kind mm. of what Zen is doing with selling everything in a pack. Because, because, you know, they don't want to, like, develop a table, for example, like, you know, Hurricane. Let's use that as an example. Sure. And sure. people go, oh, Hurricane. I oh, don't want to buy that one out, right? <laughs> Yuck. Or whatever. Right. And no one spends any money on it. So they've, like, they're left holding the can for this thing. Whereas, you know, if they bundle it with two other pretty good games... Um, it's it's a no brainer. It minimizes amortizing. Yeah, it minimizes amortizes the, the cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's uh, smart business. Yeah. So that's that's why they kind of done that, and it's why we're able to have the prices that we are now. Mm. But then the people go, well, what if I wanted? And in the the high five, basically said he goes, look, I'd pay three bucks for CSI, but I'd pay twenty bucks for the new Black Knight. I'm like, mm, okay, yeah. fine. I, you know, I, under- I understand what you're saying, but let's yeah. really look at this. As, yeah. And here's what I'm going to put it to. So Form Slingers has their Pinball Wicked game. It's the only yes. pinball game that they have. Yes. It's a good pinball game. It, it is. It looks beautiful. It plays rather fun. Um, the physics are not Zen standard, but they're pretty good all the same. Um, yeah. They're they're what they're what Farsight should have done with the uh, Stern pinball app. Yes, uh, using the Unreal Engine. Um, but anyway, it's ten dollars for Pinball Wicked. Yeah. Now is it that used a, to be a lot more? It used to be thirty. But no, no, it, it was price. never thirty. I think really? it was fifteen at the max. It was oh, never really? thirty. No, no. I thought no, it was no, like no. twenty. Well, maybe I'm thinking Aussie prices. Maybe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, sometimes I forget which country you're injured. Go figure. Yeah. yeah the Aussie <laughs> peso. Yeah. It's it's a low value. Um, but so you think, okay, ten bucks? No, that's that's pretty good. You know, you know, I understand that's independent company putting out one table. Ten bucks seems like a fair enough price. Fine. Mm-hmm. It's still a little bit much for me. I you know, if it, I'd wait for a Steam sale at half off and pick it up for five. But there you go. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now let me ask you this. What if Form Slingers said, hey, we've got a pinball platform, kind of like what FX3 is, right? Mm-hmm. We've got 50 tables on this. Ooh, 50 tables, right? Ooh, shiny. Right. Oh, it costs $500. <laughs> no. <laughs> but you were cool paying 10 bucks for one table. 50 tables, like, that's 500 bucks. 
Buy it now. Why are you suddenly balking at this? And this, folks, is not seeing the forest for the trees. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. As a one-time purchase, that's fine. But this is not how digital pinball is working out. It's downloadable content constantly. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, I think in some cases, you know, people at the end of the Pimble Arcade sales cycle, like when they were, you know, losing their license and everything, they were faced with that dilemma. Oh, of yeah. Going, hey, oh, all yeah. tables, it was near what? I think we worked it out to be nearly... 130 bucks or so. Oh. Well, no, because fr- people, people were purchasing the Arcuda pack. Um, yes. And that was 150 bucks. bucks. Yeah, yeah. And, and basically, I mean... It, I even faced it when I switched from PlayStation 3 over to Steam at the mm. end of Season 2 of Pinball Arcade. And, you know, I'd made Zen purchases on my PS3, and I mm. had the two seasons. And suddenly I come over to Steam, and I'm going, oh, well, I want all these tables on with the PC. I mean, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, you look at what the lump sum price is, and you go... Okay, so maybe I need to be picky and choosy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, it puts you into a predicament, right? You know? So what what Farsight kind of did, and I, and I've seen so many similarities between the two. They kind of followed the model that Rock Band did, mm. except for Rock Band came out with a disc that had you know seventy, eighty songs on it that they were charging a full price of $60, so less than a buck a, a song, basically. Yeah. Of which only a third of them you probably even wanted to be Want to play. With. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you sure, yeah. you sure you wound up loving a lot of them later. Again, the mm-hmm. block pack purchasing aspect of it, because you uh-huh. might start liking something that you didn't think that you would like originally. Um, That's right. You know, or that you were ashamed to admit that you liked. Um so Farsight skipped that and went straight to the DLC part. So what's the DLC part? Well, Rock Band then started coming out with a song. I can't remember if they were doing it packs every week or if it was every month. But it was packs of songs. It was like anywhere from 2 bucks to 5 bucks a pack for mm. these things. And you go, sure, I want those songs. Let me just buy those. Sure, as, you, as they come, you're like, oh, sure, whatever. But then you realize one day there's over five thousand songs that were available for download. Five thousand? There were Is that over, true? Yeah, no, I'm not kidding. There were over five thousand songs available for download, and there were oh. people that had bought every single one of them at full price. Wow. That's a lot of money. Dude, that's, no, like, that's the most expensive video game ever, right? It's ten thousand dollars thereabouts. Yeah. You if not Far out. Yeah, no, I mean it's insane. So, again, are you still happy about thinking that $10 is worth it? <laughs> yeah, and and mm. I'll even put it that the reason why Zen is able to keep their prices consistent and why they should is, again, look at Star Wars on the Switch. Mm. I guarantee you they had to come up with a new licensing agreement with Star Wars or with Disney, to be able to put it onto that console. And yeah. I point that out because who ran into an issue putting <laughs> our site when they tried Indeed. to sneak stuff onto the Switch? Nope, that violates your contract. 
So That's right. they had to come up with a new contract. Now, Jared, do you think that the price they originally paid for the Star Wars license is the same that they had to renegotiate for and pay for the Switch? Mm, I'd I'd say it might be a little bit more. Oh, a, yes, maybe a little I, bit more. I'm gonna because say you it's know, gonna be a little we're talking bit more. about more movies. We're talking about more more intellectual properties being released since they would have originally negotiated, right? Absolutely. Plus, the Disney brand is now firmly attached behind it, and yes. Disney believes that their branding alone is worth X, X amount, dollars. X dollars. Right, because mm. it's going to bring you that many more eyeballs. So mm. Zen's point of view is, yeah, it's going to bring us... It, it basically acts as a loss leader. So Zen might be taking a hit on putting this out, but when we go back to that video that we mentioned when they were at the Star Wars celebration of the two mm. girls that hopped onto the pinball cab strictly for the because... the first time. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For the first time, not pinball people at all, just Star Wars fans, and they were noticing all the cool Star Wars stuff in the pinball, and then they actually took notice of the pinball. That's and, right. And started going, hey, this is kind of cool. Well, those It's, it's pe- franchise first. Franchise, franchise first, first. Game later. Right. But once they have a taste for the game, they're going to go into the e-store and be like, so what other pinball is out there? Things and, we got here. And, and yeah. look what Zen has. They've got a whole host of other pinball Oops. tables. It's like, oh, look, they got Bethesda stuff. Oh, look, they got Portal. I remember playing that, <laughs> you right, know, et cetera. Right. So like I say, it, it acts as a lost leader. Now, yeah. because the price is exactly the same, psychologically, the person goes, cool. Oh, shut up and take my money. Right. Cool. Yeah, fine. This well, is fine. It's not like it's that different. It's like maybe a couple of bucks different in some cases. And, you know, going back through Zen's back catalog, you get some pretty tasty bulk deals. If you want to like go and get the Marvel packs and stuff like that, there's steep discounts applied to those already, even if they're outside of a sale. Yeah, except so, the, Mar- the, the Marvel tables aren't on the Switch yet. But um, oh, true, true. I'm sure it's going to happen at um, some point. They're going to get them on there. But basically, what it what it comes down to is think about movies. Mm. When you go to see a movie, it doesn't matter if the movie had a one million dollar budget or a two hundred million dollar budget. The ticket price you pay is the same. Is the same, yeah. When that movie comes out on DVD, it doesn't matter if what the budget was. It doesn't matter if the thing tanked at the box office. The DVD mm. price on release weekend is going to be relatively the same within a you know, couple of bucks, couple of bucks of other releases, at yeah. least upon release. So why is it? Why is that make sense? It's because. All People the... budget their lives around things like that, right? Well, no, it has nothing to do with, I'm thinking, in the business sense. It has to do mm. with how you do negotiations. So you're mm. negotiating with directors and actors and producers. You're negotiating wages with unions for what the crews are paid. You're negotiating distribution rights. You're negotiating with the theaters. By making everything the same, all the risk gets put onto the producers, basically, mm-hmm. of what to, yeah. s- what to spend the money on. And none of it gets put onto the audience. The audience then winds up dictating if it's a hit or not. Because they're going into the movies with the same perception. So let's say you went into yeah, that's the, true. You went into the last Avengers movie, mm. which cost north of probably two hundred and fifty million dollars to make, right? Mm. And the ticket price was forty five dollars a ticket. To, right. 
help compensate for the licensing fees and the and the budget of the film, right? Yeah. So yeah. you go in and you're you're now thinking, well, guy, for forty five bucks, this thing better be spectacular, right? Better be good, yeah. Right. Then you go and you go see John Wick, and you only get charged fifteen bucks because its budget was only sixty five million, or so. Right. You come out of that. And wow! Wow, awesome. that was awesome. But when you went and stepped in, was your thought kind of like, "Well, this obviously isn't going to have as many explosions, and it's, it's it possibly is not going to be as good mm. because of, of the price point." The price point. It's that whole. There's. Look, are you kidding me? When okay, I think about like women's handbags that mm. you. Know, my wife will sometimes show me a picture and she'll be like, look at this one. How much do you think this thing's worth? And I'll be like, I don't know. And they're like, $3,500. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, 3500 bucks? What? Yeah. That's just stupid. And then you realize that that thing is being manufactured probably in the exact same factory as its low-budget cousin by the exact same people using the exact same kind of materials. The only difference is somebody slapped a higher price tag on it. Yeah, and it's got, because it's got a Prada logo on it. It's, right. it's now... But because right. it's so obscenely priced, everybody immediately thinks, oh, it's luxury, it must be better, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that would be the same effect with the movies. If, well, if they're charging 45 bucks, it must be way better than the movie that's, I'm only going to have to pay $10 to go see, right? Yeah. Mm, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Not and necessarily. Because, because then there's also, you know, plenty of movies that are really good, but the audience just didn't turn out for whatever reason. And so the thing bombs. Mm. And everybody goes, oh, it must be terrible because nobody went and saw it. Yeah, or it bombed at the box office. Well, Right. Yeah. Then it comes out on cable. People pick it up. All of a sudden, it gains this grain following. Everybody goes, well, why the heck? That was a really good movie. Why didn't it do better? Is it because nobody went to see it? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But you had that perception when you went to finally go see it, going, oh, this probably sucks, but oh, okay, I'm going to watch yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. i got nothing else to do. Yeah, whatever. Right. So there's this perception. So this is where... It comes back to Zen. If they're going to charge the exact same price, whether it's an original table, a licensed original table, a Williams table, a Williams licensed uh, table, a Stern table, a whatever table, if they always are going to price it the exact same, when they go and make these negotiations with the IP holders, every license is being held equal. It's not like, mm. you know, that way when they, when they go and approach, you know, whatever licensed company... They're going, well, wait a second. How come you're offering ours for significantly less than you offered theirs? That's not fair. You know, mm. you almost start thinking of that favored nations thing that happened with uh, Christopher Lloyd and, and Raul Julia on Adam's family, which is why we didn't get Christopher Lloyd yeah, in it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, where it was like, there was that, well, no, 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 my star status is of equal or, you know, higher value. or what? No, if you make everybody the same, yeah, you leave it, like, then you leave it up to the consumer to determine right. what is, you know, if it's going to be a hit or not. So Exactly. I think it's, yeah, you're right. So that's why I'm saying, let's keep the prices nice and low. Let's let all the Zen tables be priced exactly the same across the board. Let Zen worry about if it's financially makes sense or not. And let's keep our pocketbooks going, hey, no, this is the sweet spot. Don't go beyond it, please. Um, or, you know, go plus minus 10% either way if you need to. Right. But, if they, you know. want, they will find a way to make it work 
because mm-hmm. they'll know that there's an audience for it. And again, there there's plenty of instances of business where they use things as a loss leader. They know they're going to sell it for a loss, but they're going to make the profit up elsewhere. Elsewhere, yeah. And you know, all the Zen licenses and Zen platforms, they are, uh, from the very initial design, they are an ecosystem. So they will complement yes. each other. Yes. And you know that is the reason why, in this particular case, you don't need to worry about variable pricing because they are essentially just another SKU in the universe of Zen Pinball. And, you know, two years from now, are you suddenly going to say, boy, that Black Knight table is worth the $10 I paid? Mm. Or well, you may, because you might be playing it every day. But yeah. at the same time, you'd be saying the same thing if it was $4. Right. You know? Exactly. Mm. So, again, if you really want to throw money, stupid money, around, throw it at us. We'll put it to good yeah, use. Give... <laughs> yeah. Spend your spend your you know your four dollars ninety nine on your table pack or whatever it is in the US and then yeah you know siphon off the rest to us we'll gladly accept your um, generosity with the uh, <laughs> with uh, your money. Uh, all right, hey Jared, why don't we finish up here in a moment? With yeah, it seems like a good place well, to finish. No, I'm not done yet. Jumping on me like that? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know we have been yakking on for like a good hour now. That's because of your tangents. Um, we're gonna play with a little game. I of... don't think so, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna play a little game of Would You Rather. Um, but first, we're gonna go hit the normal things that we gotta hit, like the socials. Hey, did you notice the, the, this corner right here? Yeah, look at that. Look at that socials. Um, but for those of you listening, that doesn't help. Uh, so <laughs> follow me at Shut Your Traps. Follow Jared at Jared Morgs. Follow the show at Blockade. And uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. That's enough of those socials. Okay. You know where we are. Yeah, well, you know where we are. Uh, Jared, would you rather own hmm. eight restored pre-1975 EMs or one modern Stern? Hmm. Space not being an issue. Space not being an issue? Correct. Not being an issue. Mm. Because you said EMs, one modern not... stone, please. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was my response. I was like, I don't care if you have 20 EMs. They all eventually feel the same. Um, and they will all die. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, Jared, would you rather have Zen get the Gottlieb license but only produce Premier or... Uh, premier, the Premier tables, because those are the ones that had DMDs. Or Magic Pixel gets it and only makes EM and early solid-state tables of Gottlieb. Or give it to Magic Pixel. I agree. Give it to Magic mm. Pixel. Um, I think they would do... Well, partly because I hate the Premier tables, but also I think Magic mm. Pixel would knock the hell out of some EM and early solid-state Gottliebs. Uh Okay. This one's a little bit different here for you, Jared. A little hypothetical. Would you rather live in a world where Williams didn't give up on pinball, but only made pinball table uh, pinball two thousand tables, or Stern doing what they did only to go belly up like they almost did? Or I think I would like Stern to live and. Belly to die. That's a big call to make. But <laughs> well, 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 but but what I'm saying is, is Stern would go belly up because they, they almost did in like 2005 or something like that. So in That's this case, true. it's Stern actually would shutter. They'd close down, right? 
and Williams would continue to remain. Except for here's where the twist is. No, because Williams would have gone belly up too because Pinball 2000 sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's true. That's a trick question, that one. Yeah, that was a trick question. Okay, uh, would you rather own Austin Powers or Transformers, two of Stern's worst applications of toys? Uh, give me Transformers every day. I don't want to hear Mike Myers spurting out his bollocks to me every like second call out. Yeah, I honestly yeah. find the Austin tables. I actually played Transformers the other day at Netherworld. It, it's actually, it's not bad. I'm, I'll go out on a limb and say it's, well, put it this way, I'd much rather play it than stupid Austin Powers. Austin Powers is yeah, just playing, baby. it's just playing <sighs> annoying. It is an mm-hmm. annoying pinball machine. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you rather see Zen do Indiana Jones, but not be able to do any other licensed table, or see them do the Stern version Along with any other license, or, or but any other license table that they do will have already been done in TPA. Oh, I don't think I'd like to sacrifice the entire collection for just one table. I think I'll go with the 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 Stern Indie as much as a. It'll just be a trophy. It'll be a trophy cabinet piece because I won't play it probably. But right, you know, yeah. Okay. Option two, please. Okay, I agree. Option two. Uh, would you rather we rewatch the Lord of the Rings trilogy, uh, for nine hours straight, or play Lord of the Rings pinball for nine hours straight? <laughs> I think I'd rather watch the trilogy. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with watching the trilogy too. I think my arms would fall off. <laughs> now that's an army. Uh, okay. Would you rather play a perfectly restored table you hate, or a beat to hell table you love? Oh. You need to put some parameters around beat to hell. Like the, the flippers work and everything mechanical works, but the playfield's just trashed. Yes, I'm going. Uh, yeah, it's not. You're like you don't have a dead flipper. Um, All right, yeah. But okay. maybe the flippers, you know, sometimes are a little underpowered. Like it's, oh. it's spotty. So if you're saying, would you like to play a perfectly restored Popeye saves the earth or a an absolute like player's condition? Uh, worse, slightly Jones? worse. Like. Uh, but it's very dirty, and uh, you know sometimes the ball just gets stuck because of gunk. <laughs> oh, that's a really tough call. Uh, I'm all about gameplay experience, so I'll probably have to play Popeye Saves the Earth. <laughs> I kind of agree because I'm going to get too frustrated over the yeah. I'm going to hate the game. The other. Yeah. Yeah. At least it'll be working well. It'll be a crappy game working well. And who knows? I might grow to like it. You know? Okay. Would you rather have Zen acquire the Data East license and be able to make Batman, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Simpsons, and Robocop, or acquire the IP license to each and make original versions? Uh, yeah, originals, because there's nothing really outstanding about those old Data East, like early um, uh, tables. They're all very formulaic, and re- they were basically... In the day, my operator friend who I used to work for when I was 15 said, oh, yeah, that's a classic data race. Two poppers, a spinner, and a ramp. That's literally it. And Yeah. Yeah. Get the license. Do something amazing with them. Because I know that they would do something amazing. Okay. Um, would you rather live a five-minute walk from a place with two brand-new machines, like just-released machines, or mm. a 30-minute drive to a place with 10 classics? Ah, uh, well, that's my scenario right now. So, yeah, give me Netherworld, thanks. <laughs> so you'd rather drive for the 10 Classics 
than be able to just walk five minutes and play two brand new. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I think I'm kind of on the, I'd rather be able to walk the five minutes. Mm. That, that just might be me. I don't know. I I don't have the option, so it's hard for me to say. <laughs> well, I, I'm living the option. So, you know, I think there is actually a place in North Lakes. It's, a, it's one of those um, brew your own beer places that actually has a couple of machines that have sighted there. And I've been trying to work out where it is and and go and check them out. But I, I don't actually know where this place is because it's not on Pinfinder or anything like that. No one's actually listed them there. So I almost like need to go <laughs> to all the brewing places, of which there are a few in North Lakes, um, and do some poking around. Um, yeah, because I, I, so, I yeah. think that, that if I had a place where, like right now, if they had Willy Wonka and Black Knight and then, you know, a month from now, or a month prior, they had had Monsters and Iron Maiden. I think I'd actually prefer that than driving to the place that's 30 minutes away that always has the same 10 classic tables that I've played to death. Over oh, that's the years. a bit of a different. That's a bit of a different scenario. Like you didn't say anything about cycling tables in. So yeah, ah. okay. Option option one in that case. If there's a constantly moving cycle of just like two games with the uh, with that which are like brand new they're there for three months and they're cycled out with other new games yeah shut up and take my money five minutes thanks yeah okay last one and this one's not kind would you rather see a pinball machine get put through a wood chipper or see your favorite uh car put into a car crusher sorry say again would you rather see a pinball machine get put through a wood chipper or see your favorite car, mine is like a, you know, one of those uh, 64 Cobras, uh, get put through a car crusher. Oh, shred that pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> Number one, value alone. It's, uh, they are, <laughs> it's a lot less. Chip it. Yeah, I, I think I'd go for the chip too, because, uh, man, whenever I watch a movie that I see one of those cars destroyed, I just, it, it, it breaks my heart. Uh, although I've seen a couple of movies where there's like a fight scene and somebody like smashes into the pinball machine and my immediate thought is, so I wonder what happened to that pinball machine afterwards. Did anybody, <laughs> did it get put into the dumpster? Did somebody go, oh, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. It's, oh, it's fine. We'll just buff that out. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, so with that, we're going to call it a day. Uh, yeah. I'm, this, is, this is great. We actually got it working for once after all yeah. this time. Yeah. Uh, um, apparently there's still a few issues, a little audio delay happening on, on Jared with his voice, not matching his lips. Yeah. But, Jan Peter in the chat was um, saying something about that. We'll have to check it out, but I think, I think there's nothing look, that at we least we're able to, <laughs> I think it's just, uh, one of those things. Yeah. Hey, at least it's better than the static image of Jared last, or the last time we did it where we just like, Going like this, let, let me redo that. There you go. Yeah, that was, that was me all episode last week. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. All right. So, folks, again, we appreciate you uh, listening. Make sure you go ahead and uh, poke the little like thing because that does wonders for us. And most importantly would be to actually subscribe to the channel because that does wonders for us also. All right. Until next week, we will see you all again. Bye-bye. See ya, see ya.